On this final episode of season one, we will be talking about a lot of things. We may be making people angry. We may gloss over things. It may be wild opinions. But guess what? That's what this show does. So you know what? I love you all. Let's start the show. Tonight, we're going to do a somber, very white podcast. We're going to get real sensual up in here. <laughs> That's not what's going down on this episode. This is our season one finale. Beep, 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 beep. So yeah, we're going to be talking about the year in film here and the year on the podcast because this is our first not year, but our first season in the podcast. I'm starting season two in January, and we're going to go year to year. But our first year of the podcast will be in May. Like, we'll we'll be working on the podcast for a year in May, because that's when the first episode drops. We've gone places. We've done a lot of things since then. It's been an interesting year. There's no doubt about it. 2020 is a year we will never forget, and we'll go down in history as probably one of the worst years in history. But guess what? There was also a pandemic in 1920, and we got through that. So I think we can get through this. I think 2021 is going to bring us a lot of good, a lot of hope, and a lot of positivity. I got my fingers crossed. I got my positivity markers up, and I hope you do too. So let's take a trip back in time. So March, around the day of my birth, it was announced that there was a pandemic broke out. And it shut down the world. I mean, the world is still going, but it's not going the same. It will never be the same. We're not going back to a normal. There's a new normal that will be happening after the vaccine is in place. People can travel, really travel again. People can go out without fearing that they're going to get the disease that could wipe out their families and, I mean, kill them too. This, this virus, you can get it anyway, anyhow. It just... It's done a lot to change things, especially in the film world, which is what we cover because this is a film podcast. Oh, you didn't know it was a film podcast? Yes, this is a film podcast. Do I miss going to the theater? Yes, it's probably one of my favorite things to do ever for years. I mean, I can think of not a single year where I didn't go to at least 10 to 20 movies. And that's in my lifetime. Even my parents used to take me to the movies all the time. Like going to the movies is my jam. I love it. Along with going to breweries and hanging out with my friends. The number one thing in my life is going to the movies. I love watching movies. I love going to theaters. I love the theater experience, even though it's not always great. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's really not. But I do love it and I do miss it. It's different watching movies at home like watching movies on a 4K TV, even though it's really nice. I love watching 4K movies. Some of these 4K movies are fantastic looking, and they've really done great to restore them. And watching a film on my iPad is so much different than going to a theater. You get that theater experience. You get to enjoy that experience with other people. And yes, I miss that. I miss that very much. And I do not think that is going away. I think that one day when this is better... We will be going back to the movies. It won't be the same. 
It definitely won't cost as much, but we're definitely going back to the theater. I'm sick to death of people just ragging on that the theater experience is dead. I miss it. You miss it. We all miss it. But right now, it's not a thing we need to do. We need to be health conscious. We need to be safe. You need to wear your fucking mask. And we need to keep this pandemic from spreading and getting even worse than it could be. Because it could be much worse. This is a quarantine right now. We could literally be really quarantined because the virus could spread. It could morph. It could get worse. So let's all try and do our thing by thinking about each other, wearing your fucking mask, and just be safe. And that's my thoughts about movie theaters because they're not going away, people. Movies aren't going away. We will have movies and we will have theaters and we have the theater experience, and it will come back. It may not be in 2021, at least personally. I don't think it should be, and I don't think it will be. Maybe by the end of the year, maybe? But I think maybe by 2022, we will have the theater experience back, and there will be a lot of movies for us to see, especially if they move most of these movies in 2021 to 2022, which I could see happening. I'll get to that later. What else changed? Streaming change because now so many streaming services that have movies. We have Netflix, we have Hulu, but then Peacock showed up. We have HBO Max. There's the Criterion Channel. We have Shutter. There's so many streaming services now where you can just watch movies or rent movies. Voodoo, I use Voodoo all the time. I love Voodoo. There's so many ways to watch movies now. We don't get to see all the movies we want to because there's a lot of movies that are coming out or being made or finished that we won't get to see, which is sad. A bunch of these would be perfect on VOD, but I know movie business is a business. People need to make money. People need to get paid. This is what we have to do. And if in this country we didn't fuck it up, we probably would have seen a lot of these movies that got delayed until next year. I'm sure on VOD or would have figured something out. But no, we fucked it up because we're Americans. It sucks. What about streaming? What what huge things happened for this year for streaming? First was the Universal deal. Universal had made a deal with AMC and also, I believe, recently made a deal with Cinemark as well to shorten the window between VOD and theatrical releases. A normal movie, if... Just say a normal movie maybe gross, I don't know, 5 to $20 million would get a 17-day window. So 17 days after that would be on premium VOD. And you could watch it in your house if you didn't really want to go to the theater and see it. But for any movie that opened to like $50 million or more, it would be a 31-day window, which is much shorter than like the months we usually have to wait. It used to be like six months. Now it's like three months, maybe something like 70 days or something like that for the video to show up on streaming VOD or premium VOD, Blu-ray, 4K. They shortened that window and it caused a ripple effect and people were pissed because they're like, this is going to kill the theater experience. It's going to hurt it, but the theater experience has been hurting for years. When you go to a movie, think about all the best times you went to the movie. There's a lot of times that it will equal out when you went to see the movies and it was terrible. And you know what? Most people remember the terrible times first. You shouldn't. You should focus on the good. But most people now remember the terrible times at the movie theater. And that outweighs the good experiences. And it's sad. But that's how life works right now. 
not only did we have that universal deal, but we had that HBO Max bombshell, which is HBO Max is going to drop 21 of their films, their biggest fucking films in theaters and on HBO Max day and date and started with Wonder Woman 1984. This includes movies like The Suicide Squad, The Matrix 4, Dune, Godzilla vs. Kong, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mortal Kombat, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, which is like the third Conjuring movie, but like the sixth or seventh movie in the series, and James Wan's Malignant. Those are huge fucking movies. Think about it. The Matrix 4 and Dune are probably like two of the biggest movies that are going to come out from Warner Brothers, and they're going to be, you'll be able to watch them in your home on HBO Max for no additional charge. As long as you have HBO Max, you're going to get these movies. That's crazy. Like I get there's got a lot of logistics going on. I know there's a lot of companies, production companies talking about lawsuits. I know actors and directors who get like back end deals are talking about lawsuits as well, because I guess HBO Max had been working on this, but they didn't tell anybody. And then they just just decided to drop it. Let's hope they figure this out. But that's crazy that we're going to see some of the biggest movies next year on HBO Max. That's insane. I thought it was going to springboard something for maybe Universal with like Peacock or Disney with Disney Plus, but nothing has happened yet. I really thought that the news that Wonder Woman 1984 was going to be on HBO Max and in theaters on the same day was going to spark Disney to put Black Widow on Disney Plus, but nothing's happened yet. I still think it could happen. I do hope it happens because I think that's a movie that would have made a decent amount, but I think it get more eyes on Disney Plus because so many people have it. They could just watch it over and over again. And I really thought a bunch of other companies could have done that too. Figure it out, man. I know it's about money, but figure it out. We want to see these movies. You made these movies. Show us these movies. And it's funny I'm talking about the theater experience because the last movie I saw before the pandemic basically closed everything down was The Invisible Man. And I will be talking a little bit about that movie later on when I go into the, the list. We're going to get to that's what this whole episode is about is my list. That's why I'm doing this episode so I can reveal my list because I take pride in my list and my list is pretty big, but I'm only going to do the top 10. So you're going to get my top 10 favorite films of 2020. I don't do a best. I'm going to tell you the best movie I saw this year. It didn't make my top 10. I do favorites because I think it's really hard for me to figure out like a best list. I really hate it. I just know my favorites and what I would watch the most, what I really loved, what hit me really hard. And that's my favorites. But I will tell you exactly because there is usually a movie that I think is the best movie of that year. And there is a movie that I think is the best movie to come out this year. And I will tell you what it is. And you probably won't be surprised at what that movie is. And I will talk more about that movie when we get to it. But I digress. So there's so many movies that got delayed, got pushed back, and really frustrating and just angry because I really wanted to see some of these movies. The movies that got moved, I mentioned a few of them already. Dune, Candyman, 
Venom 2, Ghostbusters Afterlife, F9, Spiral from the Book of Saw, Godzilla vs. Kong, Black Widow, No Time to Die, Free Guy, Last Night in Soho, Mortal Kombat, The Eternals, all movies that got moved back that I really was super excited to see this year. Um, I think Mortal Kombat actually was supposed to come out in January, but it got moved to April. Well, it was supposed to come out in January of next year, but then it got moved to April because they probably had to shut down for a while filming and production because of the pandemic. I can tell you that Candyman's probably on the top of my list outside of No Time to Die and Ghostbusters. Those are probably the three movies that I wanted to see the most. I really think No Time to Die could have been dropped on a streaming service. Netflix could have made a deal for it or put it on the Peacock. We're just going to have to wait. And then I do have a list of a few movies that I think would have been perfect on VOD. I just mentioned Bond, but I think would have been perfect on VOD. Disney Plus could have got Black Widow. Universal could have got F9. Uh, Last Night in Soho from Edgar Wright could have been on any one of the streaming services. I really wish we had Promising Young Woman. I know so many people who got to see it in Sundance. I was so excited to see it in April, and then the pandemic happened, and it got pushed indefinitely, and it just got released in theaters on the 25th. A24 is the distributor of that, I believe, and I think we're going to get it in a few couple of weeks. The Green Knight, A24's movie, Tenant, even though I've seen it, could have been on VOD. It should have been on HBO Max. New Mutants, I think. I know that the whole deal with New Mutants, that HBO had the streaming rights. New Mutants should have been put on Disney+. Plus. Fox and Disney should have figured it out, made a deal with HBO, maybe dropped it on both streaming services, and then kept it on one, and it was a timed release on another. Uh, Free Guy, I think, with being a Fox action movie, could have been on Hulu. And then I really wanted to see Nomadland. But I'm just going to have to wait. I believe it's February for Nomadland. And hopefully it's not just in theaters. It's on VOD. And there's some others. So those are all movies that basically were supposed to come out this year. They got moved next year. A few movies that I know are coming out next year that I'm really excited for are Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. And Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills was also supposed to come out this year and it got moved. And then it got moved again. Multi these movies got multiply moved. I mean, the third Kingsman, but it's a prequel to Kingsman, got moved like four or five times, almost as many times as New Mutants got moved before it finally came out. But now let's get to the cream of the crop. The thing you're here for, my list. This is going to be the top 10 movies that were my favorite films of this year. I do want to mention some honorable mentions first, and during those honorable mentions, I will drop the movie that I think is the best movie of 2020. Some movies I want to quickly go over that didn't make my top 10, but I did very much enjoy that I think you should very much check out are Soul. I just saw Soul. It's fantastic. It's on Disney Plus right now. See this movie. Like, this is one of the best Pixar movies ever. This is the best Pixar movie in a long time. It's so good. It's so positive. And this really isn't a kid's movie. This movie was made for adults. I don't see how it would connect with kids other than one element, which kind of made me angry. And if I ever get to talk more about Soul, I'll talk about it. Yeah, this wasn't really for kids. It deals with some really heavy themes. And I thought it was a fantastic movie. Never rarely, sometimes always, Eliza Hitman's film about abortion is just, it's a powerhouse movie. It's so well directed. It's going to be in everybody's like top 10 best list. I'm sure of it. It's probably going to be at the top of 
a lot of people's list. This movie is so good. It's on HBO Max right now. See this movie and you're going to feel a lot. And then afterwards, you're just going to need a break because it it's a lot. But it's such a good movie. It's a good movie about friendship. The Invisible Man. Elizabeth Moss is amazing. This film is fantastic. This was the last movie I saw in theaters. It had me on the edge. I screamed. I gasped. I was cheering. I was happy. I was shocked. She just knocks it out of the park. I don't think it's her best performance this year. I think another movie takes that cake in Shirley, which is on Hulu. But I think she's just a phenomenal actress. She's one of my favorite actresses working right now. And anytime she's in a film, I am there now. I have to see her. Another movie that was fantastic, a big hit at Sundance, was Palm Springs with Andy Samberg, the Lonely Island movie. I don't want to give too much away about this movie because if you go in cold, you'll enjoy it way more. But it is more sci-fi comedy. Got some good cameos, some good supporting cast. Andy Samberg is amazing. If you want to really, it's probably the funniest film and the movie I laughed the most at this year. The Five Bloods. Spike Lee done did it again. He keeps doing it. And this is the best movie of 2020. No questions asked. This is a great movie about black men. This is a great movie about friendship. This is a great movie about family. This is a great movie about letting the past get to you. This is a fantastic movie about PTSD. And this is a fantastic movie about honoring someone's memory. Chadwick Boseman is phenomenal. If Delroy Lindo doesn't get an Oscar for this, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to be very angry. And I'm really hoping that this is the first year that Spike wins Best Director, because he really should have. And it might be actually the first time a person of color has won Best Director. So let's hope that the Academy does not sleep on the five bloods and you shouldn't either if you haven't seen this movie i'm telling you right now this movie is amazing and this is the best movie of 2020 you will see possessor so the son of cronenberg brandon cronenberg made a mind fuck of a hitman thriller i can't explain you how this movie messed me up the story wasn't as hard to follow but what happens in it will fuck with you, will blow your fucking mind away. It's violent as hell. This is an adult movie, and I'm so excited when eventually my 4K version shows up. I ordered it like three weeks ago from Best Buy. I'm still waiting for it, and I can't wait to watch this in 4K and have my mind fucked again. This is probably the best horror movie of 2020. One more last movie I want to talk about, and before I go into the list is scare me. This might be a Patreon episode, so I'm going to leave it brief. This is one of the funniest movies I saw this year. It's so inventive. It's a new way of telling a ghost story. It's a new way of telling stories in general. It's on Shudder right now. And if you love horror, this is an ode to like old school horror, but also with a new school flavor. And it's just so entertaining and so funny. And Chris Red, oh man, people need to put Chris Red in movies. He's so good in this movie. But yeah, if you haven't seen Scare Me, go see Scare Me right now. And I'm thinking Scare Me might on the list of Patreon episodes that I wanted to do. It still might be there, so you may get a mini-sode. All right, here's what you came for, y'all. We're going 10 to 1. Let's start with 10. It's Mank. Now, along comes Nemesis. That's Greek for any guy in a black hat. Nemesis runs for governor, and he's a shoo to win. 
Why? Because he's exactly what our Don used to be. An idealist, you get it? And not only that, Nemesis is the same guy who once predicted that our Coyote would one day preside over a socialist revolution. David Fincher creating a old Hollywood film based off the script by his father, Jack Fincher, with a phenomenal performance by Gary Oldman, a fantastic performance by Amanda Sangfry. This movie is everything I want in like old classic films, and it's shot that way. It sounds that way. It looks that way. It feels that way. And it's a story about old Hollywood and one of the greatest movies ever created, Citizen Kane. And I just, it just blew me away. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. This might be one of my favorite Fincher movies of all time. I just so love old Hollywood and I love old, I love classic films. And this hit everything I wanted in a film like this. I love films about Hollywood filmmaking. I'm a big fan of that. And this one just, it felt right. Ooh, Gary Oldman's so good in this. He probably won't win anything for it, but man, he is good in this. And it just, I really like the story behind the creation of Citizen Kane and how it is steeped in Hollywood lore. And this film just, I, I can't say enough about this film. That is number 10. Number nine is my favorite horror movie this year. And Possessor was really close and Scare Me was really close, but number nine is freaky. He's even gorgeous when he's unconscious. Hey. Jesus! Easy, easy, easy. It's okay. It's okay. Look, I know I look like the butcher, but it's Millie. This is gonna sound really strange. Booker! Booker, look at me. He's crazy. Okay, Booker, can you look at me, please? Please? Booker, please, can you look at me just for a second? Okay, so last night, our consciousness or our spirit, whatever you want to call it, okay, it traded places. She's telling the truth. So he stabbed me with the dola, which is like this ancient mystical dagger. <sighs> and now I have like less than six hours to swap back or I'm going to be stuck in his body forever. You're all going to jail for this. You too, Booker. Unless you help me. Booker! Try a bitch. Booker! Will you shut up? Now, going into this, I was excited because I love the director. There's Christopher Landon, who has created one of my favorite horror movies of all time, Happy Death Day, a movie I watch on my birthday because it's my birthday movie. And I do enjoy Happy Death Day to you. And I'm really hoping we get a third one. The one thing I always criticize or I just kind of it just left me a meh about those films was that they weren't R-rated. I thought they should be, but I, I get it. They actually work better if they're not. But he gets to go his full R-rated horror slasher self with Freaky, and some of the kills in this movie are fantastic. But also a really, really fantastic performance by Vince Vaughn. This film goes all out, and I didn't I didn't expect it at all. I didn't think it was going to go where it went. You think it's going to go somewhere, and it goes there, and then it goes beyond, and you're like, wait a minute, did they just do that? Yeah, they just did that. For horror fans, if you didn't like this movie, tell me why. Send me a tweet. This movie's so much fun. It's funny. It's queer positive. It's, at times, body positive. It is just a really entertaining, badass slasher film with some 
great kills and some great horror effects. There are a few moments that are just like, oh, no. They go along with the story. I'm not saying they're not problematic. There's one problematic moment, but it's something that has happened to a lot of people. So I think people can relate to it. But outside of that, this movie is awesome. It's on premium VOD. I had been waiting for it. I was so upset that I got in the theaters like a month a month and a half. I had to wait for it, but it was much worth the wait. Good on Vince Vaughn for going all out in this movie because he really does. And he's really good in it. And I'm a hit or miss on Vince Vaughn. Some days I like him. Some days I'm not. This is one of his best. We'll switch gears. Number eight is a movie I thought was going to be absolutely terrible. And it made me, it hurt my heart. And then when I saw it, I was so happy it wasn't absolutely terrible. It's actually pretty fucking awesome. And that movie is Sonic the Hedgehog. The world's largest rubber band ball? We gotta see it! No, 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 this is not some fun family road trip, okay? The government wants to dissect you and arrest me. This is serious. Eh, you're right, it was lame. Gift shop was cool though. I got you a mouse pad. When are we gonna get there? We will get there when we get there. All right, I'm gonna go check in with Wade, see if he knows what's going on. You're gonna see Wade in that glass thing? What is it, a teleportation box? It's a payphone. It's mostly for drug dealers and fugitives from the law, which is us. Stay in the car. I don't want anybody seeing you. Oh, fine. Jim Carrey is back, y'all. The real Jim Carrey is back. He is fucking hilarious and phenomenal as Dr. Robotnik. Ben Schwartz has Sonic down to a fucking T. The movie is lighthearted. It's got great action scenes. It's got some really hilarious moments like laugh out loud hilarious moments it's got a lot of great cues to the video games the people who created this really did want to make a movie based off a video game and just kill it and they did this is probably up there it's not a huge list but this is one of the best video game movies ever it might be one of my favorites i mean along with mortal kombat and the Resident Evil movie, this is up there. It's just so much fun. I got to see it in theaters, which was the best. The post credit scene made me so freaking excited. I really love this movie. And yeah, I know you're going to be shocked. But yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog is my number eight. Number seven is a comic book movie, graphic novel. Didn't expect I was going to like it this much. Love this movie to death. It's The Old Guard. We're not going to Paris. Andre. Come here. Sit your ass down. Stand up. You do not listen to her, you listen to me. Land this plane. Trust me, she's not gonna shoot you. I am. Prikin some more them. Who's gonna fly the plane? You don't need a pilot. We can jump and survive. This movie is queer positive. The action scenes are awesome. Female-led action movie directed by a female, which is awesome. Charlie's Theron is amazing. The cast is great. 
the two queer characters in there are just they're the two of the best queer characters in films in a long time. We finally have an action movie where we got queer positive representation. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's just good. And they really left the door open for a sequel. I really hope we get a sequel. I hope everybody that can come back, come back. I hope we get more people in this movie. This just it's just a badass action movie. That is action movie we need now. And loved it. This next movie on the list is probably outside of one other movie, which I will mention. The movie I have been waiting the longest for, maybe? So number six is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Ted, seriously, slow down on the vodka, dude. You guys totally lied to us. Why haven't you taken the song back to San Dimas? Maybe because it's not our song. Poppy cock. It's Dave Grohl's. And he's outside right now calling the cops. Ted, I told you Dave Grohl came back this week. Totally thought he came back next week. What were you guys even thinking? Just because you two couldn't come up with a great song. Dave Grohl did. Doesn't mean we should be punished for that. Okay, so I take that back with funniest movie of this year was Palm Springs. Uh, I don't know. It'd be For me, it'd be between Palm Springs and Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted is so good. Bill and Ted trilogy is so good. The three films are so great and so fun everything you love about the first two movies it's in this movie and then they add upon it uh alex winter and keanu reeves haven't missed a step there's some fucking awesome cameos there's some really good nods to things in their universe death comes back i don't want to i'm spoiling it but death comes back and it's awesome this movie's so positive too and it's a movie we definitely needed at the time when it came out and i can't say enough good things about it like this movie is awesome it's just so much fun. If you love Bill and Ted 1, if you love Bill and Ted 2, then you need to see this third one. And I'm really hoping we get a fourth one. This movie is just so much fun and so good. So we're in the same realm for 5 and 6. 5 is a movie I had heard about. I only watched the trailer. I wasn't really... Didn't know what I was going to expect. And this movie fucking just floored me so good and being a fan of the twilight zone like i was all in at the beginning of this movie because we've reached in the top five number five is the vast of night number please sorry for the wait number please okay i'll connect you i'm not sure no you're the first one to yes we'll let them know thank you Number, please. Yes, we're notifying Highway Patrol. Uh, we'll relay any news to you. Thank you, thank you. Number, please. Sorry for the wait. All right, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, goodbye. People are saying there's something in the sky. It's 7.45, write that down. Can't you just record it? Yeah, folks. It is 7.45 p.m. and we may have something that'll need some explaining here in Santa Fe. Oh, what? There is something in the sky. We followed it from Colt Canyon. I, I'm going by Gerald now. Please call me Gerald. I'm, I'm Everett. This is Faith. We just had the power cut off at the radio Where station. Where is everybody? Oh, radio yeah, 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 I do have a hit from 7 to 11. Are you listening? 80 miles an hour all the way from down here. Yeah, yeah, the old stuff. I didn't do it. Oh, no, This is a sci-fi film that you don't really realize is a sci-fi film 
for about the first half an hour. And then things start happening and you realize, you try and realize what the hell is going on. And everything is told through characters and dialogue. Some of the directing choices are fucking fantastic. There's some great shot work in this movie. There's some really cool characters in this movie. There's some really just good story elements for sci-fi. This feels like a Spielberg movie, but also big, not just a Spielberg movie. This feels like, oh, this feels like good old sci-fi. And I love it. And I really want to know more about the characters in this universe. Like, I could go for another film about the characters in this universe, but I know we won't get it. But this is a film I have watched multiple times. I just want to let you know that top five films this year, I've watched at least twice. Every single one of them. And I think one of them I watched, actually two of them I think I've watched three times. If I watch it over and over, it's something that I it's going to carry with me for a long time. And The Vast of Night is just a phenomenal movie. And I really can't wait to see what these directors have next and what they're working on, because I'm all in after this movie. This is such a good movie. Talking about it right now, I want to go watch it. That's how much I love this movie. And I really it, it sat at five since I day I watched it and it didn't move. Unfortunately, it couldn't move up anymore because there were four other movies that I'm like ah yeah I can't but this I can't tell you enough how much and how awesome The Vast of Night is and it's on Amazon it's an Amazon original if you have Amazon stop what you're doing right now and go go watch The Vast of Night huh, we're still kind of in the sci-fi realm for four I'm not surprised at all I'm a big sci-fi nerd number four is a movie I was super excited for it met all my expectations, and then there was a twist that blew my fucking mind and just made me such a nerd. I got to see this in theaters. Number four is Underwater. All right, I don't want to scare anyone, but once we get to the deck, we're going to have to jump to the cargo lift. Okay, here we go. Shit. Exterior hatch. It's ripped straight. Everybody get ready. Hang on to something, because... Pressure's gonna hit us hard. Override it. As long as it opens, we'll be fine. Captain, I don't know what's going on with this thing. Well, keep trying. Where do we go? Guys, what's going on? Keep the door closed. Keep that door closed. Kristen Stewart is my favorite actress. You should know that by now if you're following me, if you're following the podcast. She's phenomenal in this movie. The cast is really good. It's really pretty brutal for a PG-13 aquatic horror movie, but still gets the job very well done. So even though I've been critical on PG-13 movies, PG-13 movies, you can still do a lot and make a good movie, even in horror. There are a lot of good PG, PG horror movies, a lot of good PG-13 horror movies. Don't knock it if it has a rating. Go see the movie. Underwater is just a added to the list of great aquatic horror movies. I love aquatic horror. It's one of my favorite subgenres. I'll spoil it right now. Spoiler alert. TJ Miller gets a great death. Fuck TJ Miller. He's a piece of shit. Gets probably the most brutal, the second most brutal death in the film. So that's great. And I don't want to give away the twist because the twist had me almost standing up and cheering. When you figure out what the hell is going on, Holy man, if you're a nerd, whoo, I got verklempt. Let's let's put it that way. This movie was made for me. I own the Blu-ray. I've watched it multiple times. I want to watch it again. I'll be watching this movie forever. This will be one of those aquatic horror movies that I go go back to along with Deep Star Six, 
Not a big fan of Leviathan. Sorry. Deep Blue Sea. Underwater is right up there. Number three. We're in the top three now. Is the movie I have been waiting the longest for on this list. It may be one of the movies I have been waiting the longest for in general. This is one of my favorite film series of all time. I needed it to come back. It came back and it did things that I didn't think it could do. This movie is bad boys for life. So we just gonna do a knock and talk. Yeah. Whoa, what the hell is all that? What you talking about? Like you don't need a grenade launcher. Yeah, but I want one. He's an accountant, Mike. Look, Mike, we're not going in there like that. Like what? Hey, look, all our lives we've been bad boys, all right? Now it's time to be good men. Who in the hell want to sing that song? Good man, good man, what you going to do? Well, maybe if you sing the song like you meant it, it'll catch on. No. Knock and talk. Yeah, knock, knock. What happened to knock and talk? Now back in the day I wanted Michael Bay to direct this because well Michael Bay directed the first two movies and I love the first two movies. But then Michael Bay got in on his transfer kick and I'm like, nah, let's not have Michael Bay direct this film. He didn't direct this film. Does he cameo in it? You'll have to see it. This film is awesome, y'all. I didn't think they could do what they did with this film. You get an action-packed bad boys film, you get all the quips, you get the car chases, the gunfights, the fist fights, and you get emotional character development. Serious emotional character development for much of both the main characters. And it's great. This movie is just badass and awesome. Will and Martin, they still got it. They're still fantastic together. I love it when they're on screen together. This is a very worthy sequel in this series. And I don't know why people don't talk about this series as one of the best action trilogies of all time. Because it every movie, it gets better. That's the thing about this trilogy. Every movie, it just gets better. The first one is like late 90s action movie. It was one of the first movies from Michael. It might be. Oh, actually, it might be for I take that back. I think it is Michael Bay's first movie, but it's a late nineties action movie. It's so entertaining. It's so it's stuck in its world. And then you have the craziness that may be one of the greatest action movies of all time is bad boys Two. just ups the ante on everything. The car chases, the shootouts, the gunfights, the comedy the direction. It's just bananas. But then you have this movie that does the action well, but also gives us great character development great new characters, some great action, and just takes everything, makes you care for these characters, and just feels like a, just a fantastic film. Like, do I think this is the best one of them all? No, I think that goes to two, but I definitely think that this is a phenomenal film. I've probably seen it less than the first one, but I'll probably see it as much as the first one, too, because I'm, I need to, I'm going to watch it more. But y'all, I'm going to say it is the best action movie of 2020. There, I said it. Y'all gonna fight with me on number two. I don't care. I saw it when I saw it. It came out on Hulu this year. I know this was a, the film that came out last year, but it came. I'm counting it as it came out on Hulu this year. Number two is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Je n'arrive pas à vous faire sourire. C'est comme si j'avais l'impression de le faire et qu'il disparaissait. 
La colère finit toujours par gagner. Chez vous, c'est certain. Je ne voulais pas vous blesser. Vous ne m'avez pas blessé. Si, je le vois. Quand vous êtes ému, vous faites comme ça avec votre main. Vraiment Oui. Et quand vous êtes embarrassé, vous mordez vos lèvres. This is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. I am a fan of costume dramas, even though I, but I'm picky about them. This is a beautiful queer film with wonderful performances. It's smart. It's intelligent. It's honest. It's emotional. It's so beautifully shot. Holy God, this is one of the best shot movies I've ever seen. The story is beautiful. I love how it ends. I love how it begins. Like, y'all, I can't say it enough how fucking good Portrait of a Lady on Fire is. It, it's just chef's kiss. So that's it. We're done now. Bye. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Number one was number one when it came out. I got to see this in theaters. I bought it the day it came out on premium VOD. I pre-ordered the Steelbook. So I have a 4K copy of it as well. One of my most anticipated movies of 2020, probably in my top five. It is a comic book movie. I think it's the best comic book movie of this year. I really think this film deserves a sequel. I couldn't be more happy with this film and the characters in it. And I really hope we get to see all of them, all the actors in this film reprise their role in some way down the future. This is probably one of the films with the longest title. One of the longest titles. I know Borat's title is pretty long. My favorite film of 2020, it's Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Sayonis. They're all here for me. Aren't they? No. They're not? No, they're not. Do you know what that means? That means he's not just after the kid anymore. He's after all of us. Sure as hell after me. I just robbed him. You just betrayed him. You just killed his BFF. And you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. So, unless we all want to die very unpleasant deaths and let Roman go finger fishing in the kid's intestinal tract, we're going to have to work together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm a DC fanboy. I love Marvel too. I do. I'm a fanboy. I'm, I'm not a fanboy. I hate that. I'm a, I want to say a fan, but okay. I love DC. Superman's my favorite superhero of all time. Their movies have been hit or miss. I've seen them all. Some of them, I, I think they're meh. Some of them I absolutely love. This movie is the probably, for me, the number two favorite DC movie that they've come out with. Margot Robbie's amazing as Harley Quinn once again. The cast alone is phenomenal. Ewan McGregor as Black Mask is probably the best DC villain. And I really hope he comes back. Out of these DCEU films, he's the best villain. Without question. So, so good. 
the rest of the cast is just Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya. Awesome. You have one of my favorite actresses, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress, and she's hilarious. Holy God, her delivery is just perfect. The story is fun. It's R-rated and vulgar. It's funny. It's violent. It's brutal. It's exactly the type of film that deserves Harley Quinn. Kathy Yan has made a phenomenal film, and we better get a motherfucking sequel. That's all I'm saying right now. I've seen this movie the most this year out of these new movies, and I want everybody, well, everybody that can, to come back for the sequel. And then you can put other people in like other DC movies as like other characters, but this is just so fun, so funny, so bright colored, so R rated, so perfect for a character like Harley Quinn and all of these other characters. And we get their backstories and we get to know them and we get to care about them. And then we get to laugh and have a fun fucking ride with them. And this is my movie. As I'm recording this today, I actually watched it again before this recording. So yeah, that's my top 10 favorite films of 2020. If you want to see the entire list, go follow me on Letterboxd, just letterboxd.com slash Johnny Freak. You know where to find me elsewhere. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Just look up Johnny Freak. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-P-H-R-E-A-K. I am working on big things for the film blog. Right now, it's uh, overlookomniplex.wordpress.com, so be on the lookout for that. You can find this show on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Just search I Love Movies, You Should Too. That's your best way to do it. And follow us, please, because all the updates will be there. If you're listening on Anchor, our home, thank you so much, Anchor, for being our home for the first year, first season of this podcast. Love you. If you're following on Spotify, thank you so much. Please give us a follow. If you're following on Apple Podcasts, give us a follow. I want to see some of those five-star reviews. I'll tell you right now, I'll read them in a Patreon-exclusive episode. I'll do it. Don't tempt me. This has been a fantastic year. Thank you to everyone who's listened to the show. I appreciate you. I love y'all. And we're coming back stronger and harder in season two. I've got some fucking awesome guests lined up. I've got some crazy movies we're going to talk about. I'm going to venture into some uncharted waters for myself. I'm going to go back in time to some old school favorites and some things I used to love. So be ready. We'll be back very soon with the start of season two. But remember, y'all, I'm Evan. I love movies. You should, too. I'll see you soon.